Dock Master Michael Ottolano. You climbed aboard the starboard with your Dock Master Michael Ottolano, and my guest for this episode is the one and only Jay Chameleon, Josh Lang, here to talk all things Yacht Rock, all things Yacht Rock Toronto, and everything in between. How's it going, man? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, you know, it's just uh, trying to try to stay smooth this summer, and I uh, appreciate you having me on this your podcast here. This is uh, a newer thing, so I'm uh, very interested to see what it's all about and to uh, just be a part of it. What it is is really people in our group talking about their infinite love for Yacht Rock, and I don't think anyone has a bigger passion for Yacht Rock in our group than you do. <laughs> well, there's I don't know. There's a lot of people in our group, right? There, well, your group, there's like, you know, it's uh, it's growing all the time. There's like, a, I think there's like 11,000 people in there or something. Yeah, I'm just happy to find a place where people are interested in the same music and to uh, kind of, you know, keep well-produced pop music alive because well-produced, intelligent pop music is very rare in 2021. There was a time in the mid to late 70s, in the early 80s, where pop music was complex, yet it still grooved. It was produced for adults, and it was really artful. Maybe people at the time just thought that was just standard, but we come back years after that, we realized there was, that was actually a very unique time. There's nothing standard about it at all. It's great to have a bunch of people in that space who uh, feel the same way. Yeah, absolutely. I think digital has took over years ago, and I think that took over because listeners thought it was cool to hear everything digital from synth, and you know that was the new thing. I think the backlash has now come back where, where people don't want to hear that shit anymore. They want to hear the warmth. They want to hear the analog. They want to hear vinyl. I think part of it was exactly what you said. You know, in the early 80s, it was all about, okay, we've got all this new technology. We have MIDI. we got things that are now on the grid. And there were a lot of advancement forwards that were definitely beneficial. But I think in the race to adopt new technology just for the sake of being current, put in the rearview mirror the things that were beneficial about analog. Now, you know, and there was a, like you said, there's a period of time there from the 80s, I would say probably up until, oh boy, I'd say almost the mid to later 2000s. There was that period where it was harder to find music and regardless of what was being played on it, that was produced the particular warmth that a lot of people enjoyed for many years since really music started being produced. What has started to happen now is the technology has gotten so far advanced where modeling and so forth has gotten to the place where even digitally, you can produce a lot of sounds that sound very convincing, a beat against analog. What's become interesting is there is a choice to be made, right? And the choice to be made is, do you want it to sound on the more digital end of things? Or do you want to model it to sound more like the way it did in the past, depending on what kind of music you're putting out, which is, I think, why you're seeing the rise, I'd say in the last seven years or so, a lot of these more like modern yacht throwback bands like Young Gun Silver Fox, State Cows, Psychic Mirrors, etc., etc. Part of that is not just because of what they're playing. Yes, they're definitely writing it in a certain way and arranging it in such a way that harkens back to that, but they're also making very conscious production choices to make it sound like that. And that's possible now, even without having like a fully retro studio. So it, well, I think what's it, one thing that does excite me about the kind of current landscape is that the technology has come kind of so far where if you want that sound, you can get that sound and you don't have to buy like a hundred thousand dollar, you know, Neve recording console, like probably multiple hundred thousand dollars at this point to do it. So um, that does encourage me. So I'm, I'm getting that. And yeah, I appreciate a lot of the, the new yacht and I appreciate a lot of the, the rare cuts. So I'm just happy to be in the mix. 
last night I was listening to a commercial. Well, you know, when you're watching TV at night, watching sports or whatever, yeah, yeah. and a local plug commercial came in and I started listening to it and it had yacht elements. And now next time I hear it, I'm going to record it. Yeah. Dude, it had the changes. It had the yeah, bounce. Right. Like, dun, 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 yeah, dun. I had a little bit of that in it. And you're starting to see some of that. I saw a Geico commercial with that little lizard where he was like on a boat and it was some kind of like generic yachtish music in the background. And you start to see it in places that it, it is kind of bubbling up for sure. Yeah, it, it's definitely interesting to see that come back. And I think part of that is also tied to the vinyl resurrection, given the fact that like, you know, of course vinyl will only ever really, it's not gonna like save the music industry at this point, but it will be a niche thing for a certain group of people. It's the highest selling physical form of music, definitely in North America and most of Europe. The only place that really buys CDs anymore, largely, surprisingly, is Asia. And you would think they'd be beyond that, but they don't. They seem to have this affinity for CDs. There's like Tower Records in Japan. But I think that the Yacht Rock thing also can get tied to the vinyl resurgence because what you also have, and I've seen this even in some of my students in my classes, is you get people who are in their early 20s or even maybe early 30s where they grew up with CDs at best, maybe MP3s at worst. And so they've listened to all this music. They might be listening to all the right music that they enjoy, and that's fine. And then one day they go over to like their older uncle's place, and then they see all this vinyl, and then they take down a record that they have. Like they take down a Doobie Brothers record or whatever, and they put that on, and it's a different experience, right? It's sonically much more resonant. All the frequencies is there. All the information is there. And I think it just blows them away. Where And that that's the same demographic, but after that's like, vinyl's where I need to be. But I think that's a lot of it, and I think you can blame the MP3 for that. Especially people who are in their early 20s, you never grew up buying CDs. You didn't grow up buying any format that contained all of the information that you're actually supposed to be purchasing. You grew up listening to MP3s, which are designed not for musical fidelity, but for the size of audio transfer because of the, we were working on like, you know, dial-up modems when those when MP3s first came out. And, you know, 20 gig hard drives are like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. That's why these MP3s were good because we could shrink them down, but you lost a lot of the information. And then you have a whole generation growing up just listening to songs on YouTube. That's the number one streaming platform for people between the ages of 14 and 24. The problem is YouTube was never really designed for audio quality. So even the greatest video is still 192 KBS MP3. Then you hear a source like a record with all of the information, analog to analog. It's like someone lifts the veil. Everything just sounds way better. I would really love to see the day that the MP3 is dead. I don't believe there's a purpose for it anymore. I think that our bandwidth is fast enough now. You know, memory is very cheap. There's no reason we can't all be listening to FLAC, which are the files I try to play mostly, unless I can't find it any other way, which is all the information. It's like free lossless audio codec, and it just zips up all your information. I'd love to see the day when that happens and when YouTube ups their audio quality drastically, because there's a lot of people listening to that. It's kind of like bad information in, bad information out kind of thing. So. I'm a big proponent of trying to push digital audio quality or just audio quality in general. You just touched on something when you're talking about the MP3s and all that stuff. I downloaded CDs, Napster and mm. all that stuff. That was literally 20 years ago. And then, so when I hear all this stuff like flack, it's like, what in the fuck? Well, that's just it. It's like, and you know, it's great. And I definitely, I don't want to get the impression that definitely collecting vinyl, it's, it's a different thing. It's a commitment too, because of the space and the weight and all this. 
the mm. beauty of the digital is that you know I can go to play a gig, and I can have way more records than I could ever carry to a gig, and I can find things because it's searchable way faster than like because I used to do that back with books of CDs, right? With CD DJs. Yeah, flipping, that's shit. flipping, 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 and it's like you don't have to do that, and that's great. But I think what we all need to do is we need to like up the quality, right? In my opinion, any MP3 less than 320, just get rid of it. Because you can't play it loud. Because when you start playing it loud, the bass frequency is not right. The treble is to this. You find yourself like turning everything up and trying to put frequencies back in. You're boosting noise, and you know that's my thing. We have the power now. Let's try to go for the best audio quality. So does Flack also do old school like analog yep. too? MP3s make things smaller by chopping out pieces of the information they think you won't notice, and you're actually dealing with less information. You're never losing your information with Flack. And so in terms of audio quality and archiving and things like that, FLAC really is the choice. One of the big people who pushed back on FLAC for a long time has been Apple, because Apple is pushing their own lossless format, which a lot of people don't even use. And it's also, FLAC is free. And so that first thing, that free, all my stuff is as high quality as possible, because if I'm listening to it back, I want it to sound good. Whether it's on little earbuds or big speakers in the club, I want it to sound good. Do you know the best thing about Yacht Rock that I'm barely discovering? Going into the files now, I realize that Unburied Treasures is where it's at, and that's the vinyl. Yeah, right. Because the other thing, too, is that there is a reality where a lot of stuff that was on vinyl didn't even make it to the CD generation. Yes, sir. Especially if you're talking about kind of these mid-level AOR artists that, like, they put out, you know, and I like, let's say... A big record company tried an album with them, right? And they put these session players on them, polished it up, and yeah, kind of had moderate success. And these people are never heard again. A lot of those records, they didn't even put those to CD. And that's, uh, I'm actually involved in a lot of different online communities of people taking that stuff and digitizing that stuff into the highest quality and putting it out there for people who are kind of crate digging either in disco or funk or yacht rock or whatever. You did touch on a point that the Sirius SM channel, it's, it's a strange thing where they have the branding right but it's like if i'm being generous 20 percent of the music is actually yacht rock it's not that the rest of the music is bad i actually like the rest of the music but it's just kind of confusing it'd be like if i went to a country station and then they just start playing blues half of the time i really like blues but i would be confused about why you're calling yourself a country station their playlist is really low i think there's probably like 45 songs in their playlist you know what i mean they could be doing a lot more with it I, i'm not sure maybe why they don't but it is what it is the unfortunate part is it serves to confuse a lot of people on the yacht rock group and a lot of different things there's a lot of discussion over what's yacht and what's not and whatever i think sometimes people don't understand that this is not a discussion of whether the music is good or not that is a different discussion and I generally don't like getting into those discussions unless it's yapping with friends, simply because that's subjective. Whether a song's yaw rock or not, there are elements the same way there's elements of what makes something jazz or what makes something psychedelic rock or progressive rock. There are things that make it that. And not to like go too off the deep end, but also the people that represent yacht rock. I am not the most knowledgeable in yacht rock, nor can I go on the air more than two hours or three hours without wanting to play all your stuff. Just the way it is. Call a spade a spade. Even in my show, one of the shows they do every Friday on Yacht Rock Miami Harbor Nights, I don't just play Yacht Rock. I play Yacht Rock. I play disco cuts. I play rare funk and stuff. Why? Because that's the stuff I started DJing. And I know that if 
just as being a musician and someone who's doing this a lot, I want that variety just to break it up for my own self when there's this confusion about what Yacht Rock is and a lot of people's strong opinions. And people are saying, well, you know, you can't put something in a box, that kind of opinion, that it should all be free. But I'm almost like of the opinion we do kind of need boxes to a certain degree or else we're just talking about everything and it's unmanageable. Another big part of it that people don't understand is that this genre is very unlike almost any other genre. You know, in the early 60s, there's surf rock. There's people playing instrumental tunes and there's surfing involved and lots of reverb. And you get band like the Ventures, you know, and the Surfaris and stuff. And then people at the time start writing articles about, oh, there's this surf rock sound and they start making the connection. And so you grow up with this thing as it develops and it starts to get corners and it starts to be defined as you know it in real time. Okay. That's most genres. People go back and look at stuff. And so years later, people look back and start defining something that becomes something. So Yacht Rock is like that. Northern Soul, the kind of whole rare soul revival in England is like that. And that's harder for people to get a handle on because it didn't happen at the time. And if you also think, how long has Yacht Rock really been around as this? I know all the AOR and soft rock that created it was out there. But how long until we put this kind of focus on it? That's 2005. That's when the web series came out. So if you think about that, that's a very short period of time in the spectrum of history. We're dealing with less than 20 years. Every other genre you know is way older than that, from the blues to rock to pop to disco. So yeah, that stuff's all clear. So I think sometimes people don't understand. Yeah, it's wacky and it's funny. And it's good and smooth music. But there is something very different going on here in terms of how genres develop. You said you're a musician and you're a DJ. What instruments do you play? I, um, well, I started out as a jazz guitar player. I went to university for, uh, to, to kind of learn that. And then I did that for a while. And then I moved into music education. But I play in a band called The Chameleon Project that I have since 2004. It's not yacht rock at all, but it's, uh, it's almost like mostly instrumental. We fuse jazz with things like house and techno and improvised music and things like this. And funk and different stuff. And... I want to check it out. That sounds freaking yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, we're everywhere on the web. Just check us out. Chameleon Project. I had no idea. Them. I mean, I saw that, but I thought the Chameleon Project was like you and the Hartford Yacht Codes. When the things on Yacht Rock Discord and Yacht Rock Miami and things of the Hartford Yacht Codes started taking form, I just started kind of funneling that through my band channels because it was me as well. And I already have a good audience built up there. So that was kind of what that is. But yeah, my band, uh, I think we're going to put out a new album around Christmas. So you might see some more Chameleon Project stuff out there. This is what I'm seeing happening, or if we're seeing happening in our group, actually, is we're getting all these new people that are like, what's going on? What's going on? This is popular. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. I think the way you broke down that list, that needs to be put on like the Ten Commandments. Oh, you talk about the list of elements? Absolutely. So the list of elements, I mean, I put that together. I really don't want to take... I know people are like, this is a great list. You did a great job, but I didn't create any of that. You know what I mean? I put that out there because for me, I knew what Yacht Rock was from the web series when it first came out. Then the resurgence for me kind of happened when, but then the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast came around and I kind of got into that. And then I started realizing that even for me, it's like, oh, okay, we're giving this thing a lot more corners, not as loose and nebulous because... Of course, the web series was just the web series. It didn't necessarily stake down a lot of parameters. And I think that when I listened to that, I was like, wow, there's a lot of things here. And I started picking up on 
when they were doing their yacht or not gratings, it picked up on a lot of things that they would say that would knock stuff. Be like, wow, it's really kind of swimming in strings and it's kind of got these love letter lyrics that are too sentimental. This doesn't seem like it's right. I'd be like, okay, that's a thing, right? Because it kept coming up. And so eventually after listening to a hundred of these things or plus, it kind of gets into your DNA. And then when I was on the channel there, I started seeing a lot of people posting stuff good natured people good songs maybe they heard it on yacht rock radio or somewhere else and these are even songs that maybe years ago i thought were yacht rock before it was more defined and i was like you know what everybody here's got good musical taste but maybe we just don't know the rules of the game because unless you listen to the podcast and kind of distilled it you wouldn't so i was like why don't i just write this in a list one day i sat down i was just like what are all the things i can remember of this and I started just writing them out. I'm like, it's actually more things than I thought. And I put it out there saying, I'm just passing on information. And it was a bit of a, a somewhat of a mixed reaction. A lot of people were very positive of it. But then there were people like, oh, these are too many rules. And we just need to be free. And I'm like, so I, I'm glad people liked it. It's kind of like when people say, oh, well, you, you know, you did a good job with the Yacht Rock group. Well, I kind of just started this group and it grew. And I can't get credit for being Yacht Rock. Matter of fact, I try to distance myself. To me, it's just another thing that I really like and I'm passionate about it. I just think, though, that we have so many people that are coming in and it's growing so fast. And the best thing about yourself and Nixon Brothers and some of the people that are moderators is that you understand that there's people that come in and that are new and you know, you don't get offended by it. Or some people are just like, oh, I've done it first. I, I did it first. And I, I think ego is 90% of the problem. And uh, we also have to understand that like, okay, so we're talking about this very, very specific thing. And just because we know something about this very, very specific thing, this is not really common knowledge. The average person might not have ever heard of it or might only know of it barely in passing. So if they show up on the group and post like a song by Bread, <laughs> and then everybody jumps all over them. They're just going to run away. It's like, why not bring them in and go, okay, you know, you're in the right place. Let's just lead you down the path. Just like eventually I got led down the path or anybody else, right? Like, I'm just a very inclusive kind of person generally. I think the thing about our group, give or take, is that we have a lot of people that really just love music. And so mm. when they come in with eyes wide open or eyes wide shut, however you look at it, and mind you... Our group's exploded. And you know what I find is very interesting is that there seems to have been... It's like, wow. There seems to have... And it's, it's, it's in the group and, and it's other places around. If you think about when the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast ended, which was early 2020, they ended just kind of before the pandemic hit. So you got a bunch of people who were kind of into that. That ended. And then they're still like looking for more of that in terms of rare yacht picks and more discussion about the genre and so forth then the pandemic hits a bunch of people are sitting at home got a lot of time on their hands to do stuff the creators of yacht rock left yacht rock discord to write their book which they're doing now gd Riznar did a show on wednesdays which was just a yacht or not show on discord which everybody liked and then dave was like of the hartford yacht coach is like i want to keep this going because people like the idea of discussing yacht rock tunes that people don't know how could we continue that on, but at the same time, not try to pretend that we have authority to say what's what, or like, we're just, you know what I mean? How do we walk that line in terms of let's have fun with it, but I don't want to make this mistake of saying that, like, I'm that guy, because I'm not that guy. I'm just somebody who enjoys the music. So what Dave came up with and we came up with was the Yacht Rock Rubdown in the minor leagues of smooth. It's called the Rubdown because we both have strong opinions, but we have no authority to actually rate tunes. So that's the rub. 
And so the rub down is we all listen to these tunes, it's like the rub down after a long game. So we called it the minor leagues of smooth. We didn't want to go with any kind of boat reference because kind of that's what's going on over there. So in the minor leagues, so it's, this is us just spitballing. And then like maybe the best of these tunes would actually one day get read. So we, we play it. There's a lot of mixed metaphors between boats and baseball on the show. And we rate stuff for fun and we get people to chime in and we got our own little spreadsheet. But at the end of the day, as we say, it's for entertainment purposes. This is just our opinion. But still, people really like that. And I think that's, again, a part and parcel of there was a vacuum in the space. People now had time. And I think it's only going to pick up because you're going to see all of these tribute bands that are part of the community. Gigs are opening up. I think it's next spring the actual book from the Yacht Rock guys comes out. I think there could be good things ahead. We'll have to see if all this activity can maintain when everything opens up and people get busy and so forth so it's kind of an interesting experiment you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the pandemic and all that stuff that brought people into the group i also think the watch parties when those were going on yeah, that's true that was a good thing it's too bad they shut that down because it's almost like a clubhouse vibe you come around on fridays you know get yourself a drink or whatever you have to do and you kind of join the group and is it the chat is good because you can chat about funny things that are happening in the videos or what have you <laughs> and on yacht rock discord where i'm on it's a very similar vibe where people jump on discord and there's a room where you can listen to stuff and it feels like a clubhouse thing you see like the same people cruising through and we can sometimes we watch videos on there because there's that side of it yeah the watch party thing is a good thing it's too bad uh too bad well there's this little thing that happened on january 6th Oh, was that part? I didn't know that that was involved in the watch part. I well, the other yeah, broadcasting stuff to their friends, like, hey, you, come over here and blah, 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 or who knows whatever the F they're oh, saying. They're using it for other purposes. Y yeah, not just them. Who knows what else was going on and other they stuff. Probably just, yeah, it was probably for a safety thing. They just had to cut it off. Well, also, too, um, one of the aspects of it is a lot of these artists selling their rights. One of the tricks I got away with was the watch party, and you'll understand this, yeah. is I would play the songs out weren't copyrighted or copyright protected such as some of those patrick simmons and Cher and greg allman and some of these ones that they wouldn't get filtered you play a doobie brothers song or uh well, well yeah and a lot of that has to do with it's very artist specific there are some artists out there who are very active with their copyrights and they have teams of people who just like all they scan stuff and Eagles, they, Fleetwood Mac. yeah the eagles are like that bob dylan's very much like that but they and sold their right. You're right. They're more motivated to do that and maximize the catalog because Facebook's broadcasting it and they're a very corporate entity as well. They can go after them. Whereas if you're kind of doing it on a more of a private thing, it's not the same. But that's too bad. The watch parties were, were a lot of fun. And our yeah. group, somebody violated a group quality. I don't know what he said or what happened with Facebook or what they filtered, but they put our group on notice saying like anybody else that does it, they're going to have to turn on mandatory post approval or something. I was like, what? Hmm. Weird. Facebook added this feature to their groups now. I don't know if you saw this. This was this, I don't know if it's this week or just something that I read recently, but so say Facebook Watch, right? They have the Facebook yeah. Watch. Yeah. So we can watch those same videos, but now you can mm -hmm. change it. I haven't done it yet. So we'll see. That mm -hmm. might be hope. This is kind of what made me think more about our group and more about what you're saying. Everyone's in their own boats. You know, we're all doing the same thing. Why isn't there this brotherhood? I wanted our group to have a brotherhood. Per se, it's like we're all our own captains. But anyway. Yeah, it's really got those bands. You know what I said? A lot of those bands got back on the road. You know, they've been touring more and more. And I think it's kind of in the public consciousness now. 
For sure. Well, it's barely getting started, my friend. What's going on with Jay Chameleon right now? Well, uh, Yacht Rock related, you can find me in a few places. Of course, I'm a moderator on a big Yacht Rock page, uh, your page over there. I also have my little, uh, my little dinghy of a boat, Yacht Rock Toronto, that I started up simply because I was doing events in the city and I thought, you know what? No one's claiming my town. I'll claim my town. So I started a Yacht Rock Toronto group. But we, we do have videos over there, cool pictures. We share like, un, you know, different tunes and stuff. And anybody's welcome. Of course, you don't have to be from Toronto. But and so you find me there. There's a J Chameleon Facebook page. You can also find me in the Chameleon Project. And we've put out records since about 2004, run all major streaming services. If you just search Chameleon Project, we're like the first thing that comes up that isn't about actually like breeding real chameleons. I do on Thursdays on Yacht Rock Discord. And again, you can find invitations to that on either my J Chameleon page or Yacht Rock Toronto page. With Harper Yako Dave, we do the Yacht Rock Rubdown, where we kind of talk about unrated tunes and where they might fit on the scale if they were rated, just, you know, taking practice swings and we get people to chime in. There's lots of lively back and forth. That's great. And then Fridays, I do Harbor Nights from 10 p.m. Eastern to 12 a.m. Eastern. And that's on Yacht Rock Miami and Yacht Rock Discord. It goes out to both. And that's where I'm actually live DJing and also interacting with people on Discord and talking on the mic. And that's been going well. You know, it's grown. I think we're getting like 125 uh, listeners on a Friday now. And that's great because if you had 125 people in a room, it would be a party. My hope is that once things open up more here in Canada in the fall, that I'll be able to take Harbor Nights live back to the club. Awesome. Well, Josh, I want to thank you for being on the Starboard. It's been a pleasure talking with you and talking awesome stuff and awesome music. It's been great. You've been listening to the Starboard. I'm your Doc Master, Mike Lotsman. The Starboard with Doc Master, Michael Lotsman.